0: proverbs once again this evening and we uh we're talking about uh how there in proverbs fourteen twenty three. really we're going to focus on that one phrase in all labor there is profit in all labor there is profit i know work is a a word that some uh consider a a, a word they don't want to use they don't want to know about and uh, uh you know but it's a it's good it's profitable it's, it's something that god intends for us to do uh, and we'll see that here tonight, I believe. All right, look, uh, we've already read that, that uh, phrase there. Just to remind you, you know, Proverbs is a book that's inspired of God. These short sentences about something greater than just long experiences. They are dealing with the inspired, uh, the Holy Spirit inspired uh, word uh, there to Solomon. But your work. As we said this morning your work is the temple of your devotion and it's to be a platform of your witness everything we all we do ought to be for the glory of God and for his service and if people are going to know about the the Lord Jesus Christ at your place of work uh, if they're not saved it's because of you and uh, so we need to take that seriously but as I mentioned this morning your work is sacred don't get the idea that to uh, serve God, you have to be a, a preacher, you have to be a missionary, because every individual, uh, whether you're on staff at a Christian organization or not, every worker is, uh, every work is sacred work. Every job, if it's done in the power of the Holy Spirit, is a sacred job. And uh, we need people in, in all the various places. How, could we, how can we be a witness Uh, in this dark world without that. And so in all labor, proverb tells us, there is profit. Uh, Here Daniel, remember Daniel just being a a governmental bureaucrat. How in the world can uh, a Christian serve in that uh, capacity? And yet, even in the government that we have today, I know we love to complain about the government. By the way, there's a lot to complain about, isn't it? But still... There are some that are standing, that are not uh, giving in to uh, all, all the, the fame and the fortune and that kind of thing. And they're, they're doing what is right. And we need to pray for those individuals. Uh, but uh, here's Daniel, this governmental bureaucrat. Uh, he, but he was known as a man who really served God. He wasn't known as a politician. He was known as a servant of the Most High God. God knows where you are you may not you may not feel like you uh, your work really means anything it has uh that all you're there for is just a paycheck but god has put you where you are god knows where you are his eye is upon you and the bible says that those of you who are in that what we would you know, we classify as secular work that you are really just as daniel are serving god you ought to be secondly we talked about your work is is also planned and uh, we are called to confront the world with the gospel just as god planned daniel's uh, a line of work there in babylon uh, daniel did not plan his life this way until god stepped in and worked all these things out he was taken captive it was a matter of circumstances but yet daniel had the wisdom even as a young man to know that god was doing all this he was there uh, because god put him there god was the one planning all this and remember in matthew chapter 5 ye are the light of the world christians we are to be the light now we're going to lack the moon most uh, or more accurately the moon has no light of itself it reflects the light from the sun we have no light in ourselves It's Jesus Christ, and we reflect that light to a lost world. Uh, Your job is that lampstand where God will put you to shine brightly. And so we can choose to complain and grumble, and I know it seems to be a popular thing uh, to complain about work, but, or we can choose to be that light for the Lord Jesus Christ. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, remember how they refused to bow to the image? But it wasn't their refusal to bow. By the way, they did not make a a scene. They didn't uh, paint signs and protest the king or anything like that. They just stood. They would not bow to that image. Uh, But it wasn't then that Nebuchadnezzar knew God as being God. It was after he saw them in the fiery furnace. By the way, there wasn't three, there was a fourth, and that fourth was like the Lord Jesus Christ, and I believe was the Lord Jesus Christ. But here's tonight. Let me give you these four rules for witnessing at work. Four rules for witnessing at work, or at school, or wherever you find yourself. Number one, don't brag. Don't brag. These all rhyme, and this is not original with me, but I thought I liked the way it was laid out here. The Bible says, let your light shine don't make it shine it's not it's not to it's to glow not to glare and i'm afraid too many times christians they go uh in places and they just um have the wrong attitude they're to see the light not the candle not the lamp uh, the candle stand It, it and what what i mean is if you go in there with a a, a, a super load of, uh, of, of self-righteousness, bragging about yourself, bragging about your church, bragging about uh, your righteousness and, and your doctrines, and, and you're going to make them, boy, you're going to just make them sick to their stomach. They're going to feel like vomiting. And uh, they're, they're, they're going to be sick of it. There's nothing worse than self-righteousness. Don't brag. Uh, don't go in and, and force your way in. I remember one uh, young man at college, he was always bragging to us how he was suffering for Jesus. Well, when we questioned him, his idea of suffering for Jesus was getting people mad at him. I was mad at him. And uh, it had nothing to do with the gospel. It was just his, his braggadocious, egotistical attitude. And he'd go in there, he'd call people names, he was just mean. I said no wonder you got kicked out of there no wonder you lost that job you're not suffering for jesus you're suffering for self for your own stupidity really but don't brag nobody likes a bragger and uh, then secondly don't nag um, nobody likes someone to nag always on them if you're always around them just thumping your bible and and you're always just trying to force some literature down their throat uh look if they don't want it it's not going to do any good to force it on them and, and you're always getting on to somebody you find out so-and-so gambled last night oh well let me tell you about the sins of gambling that's not going to do any good that's not going to win the loss yeah what you're saying may be true but it's not going to win the loss and you uh you see a guy smoking on break or he's down out coming in the parking lot they say oh well you shouldn't smoke and, you shouldn't do that kind of thing. Or you hear about a party they had, oh, you guys are, that's wrong, that's wicked. Listen, you're not, they're lost. They don't know any better than that. And even if they do, that's, you're, you're nagging on them. It's definitely not going to win them to the Christ. It's just going to turn them off to uh, listening to you at all. Um, you're not going to win them. You're, you're, not, you're not going to win an unsaved person that way. Yeah, you know, face it. None of us like to be nagged at continually. Uh, and, And I won't ask for any testimonies there, but nobody likes that. You'd be just, you know, put it this way. Or remember this. You'd be just like that person if it wasn't for the Lord Jesus Christ. You'd be, or you may be, out there doing the things they're doing if it was not for the grace of God. And so let's remember who we are and where we came from and the only reason that we uh, have what we have now is because of God. And so let's uh, be patient with the, the lost and don't nag, nag them. What is their real problem? What, the people that you work with, with their, well, yeah, they're doing bad things in their life. And, but what is their real problem? Anybody know? That's right. What was that? I thought I heard it. Yeah, they need to be saved, right? They need Jesus Christ. They don't need just to quit smoking. They can quit smoking today, and still go to hell tomorrow. They can quit their gambling, quit their everything else. They can put on a good face. That's not what they need. They need Jesus Christ. Uh, you, you know, I always get a kick out of people thinking they can tell me something that's going to shock me, and then I want to talk to them. Well, they're sinners. Okay, I, it's not like I, I walk into someone's house and. And they have a, they're smoking a cigarette i'm not going to tell them you put that filthy thing out I, I may think that in my mind because it does stink to me but i'm not that's their home they have every right to smoke a cigarette there and uh even if it is it's killing them I, if i'm there to try to witness to them that's the least of my problem or their problem. they need jesus christ i could go in there and now i have done this they're, they're, they have you know their television on I can't, I'm not going to go in there and say, listen, you shouldn't be watching this TV. You should this is wicked, this, I'm not going to lecture them about that. I have, though, at times when we're getting into, if they're wanting to hear what I have to say, I said, you know, would you mind, can we turn that down a bit? Nine times out of ten, they just shut it off. Um, and be kind, it's their home. And so don't lecture them about their sin, tell them about Jesus. Same thing at work, same thing at work um his sin their sin is not the problem they need jesus christ Uh, he doesn't have the joy or she doesn't have the joy you have and you're you're not going to nag a person to jesus christ as a matter of fact listen to this colossians 4 verses 5 and 6 walk in wisdom toward them that are without redeeming the time let your speech listen to this let your speech be always with grace season with salt, that ye, may, that ye may know how ye ought to answer every man. Now, there is the wisdom. And some, boy, I've seen some guys, they go in and they're saying this, you're going to hell. Well, what they say may be true, but that, they're not doing it God's way and they're just running people off uh, by doing that. So, if, if we could only say, God, salt my speech, that my words, would stir a hunger or a thirst in this person for Jesus Christ. Lord, season my speech with grace, that I'm not, that I don't come across as angry. You know, I've heard some of these Christian gatherings there, even the uh, pro-life groups. Uh, some of these meetings, or or the they have a meeting, maybe they're a- against the homosexual crowd, and, and I would agree with them on the principles, but. Some of these guys, they're like calling fire down from heaven upon these people. Man, they look just look mean and mad. We have to be careful with that. That's not going to win anyone. I don't want to nag, and we ought not try to nag people at work about their spiritual condition. We have to be careful. We have to work with them every day. And um, we're trying to reach them for Christ, not just put a notch in our gun then don't know so you're you're not uh, gonna brag you're not going to nag and then secondly uh don't lag i thought this was a good one um in other words let's you know do our part on the job and uh don't be a laggard if you're if you're a lazy christian uh if a if a christian you know they they uh, have their testimony of their reputation they're never on time or they never they can't really depend on them Uh, they're not doing the work that they ought to be doing that's really a disgrace to the grace of god uh now my idea of being on time may be different than yours Um, i always felt that if i was 15 minutes before scheduled time that was right on time 30 minutes was maybe considered early and that's just the way i i was hate hate being late hate it and i i told you this before when i was in college i'd have a reoccurring nightmare that I'd be there on campus I would hear the bell ringing and I couldn't get to class I hated that that was a, my one of my worst nightmares not being able to get there when I'm supposed to be there and there are some times that things are unavoidable right but we ought not have the reputation of being late or being a, a guy that doesn't work on the job you know there's some guys that they're they're their whole purpose is to try to see how little they can do through the night or through the day uh, and not get caught uh, i work with guys like that and um, but that ought not be for the christian it, it, it's a sin for a christian to do less than their best so i don't care if it's in school or at work uh, we ought to do our best listen again to ephesians 6 5 and 6 i read this this morning Servants be obedient to them that are your masters according to the flesh with fear and trembling in singleness of your heart as unto Christ Not with eye service as men pleasers. That is, don't see do um, don't don't just uh, get to work when you see the boss looking I, I'll never forget that uh, Working in the foundry, you know, you we'd be in different places. There'd be nobody around we may be down in, the, in these pits and uh, shoveling sand and all this kind of thing and these guys would just be sitting around uh, doing nothing, and uh, until they see the boss coming, boy, then they'd all jump. Then the sand, sand will be flying. And I remember one time I was taking a break, and they said, "Hey, the boss is coming." And I just stayed sitting. I thought, you know, I'd been working, and it was okay. I didn't have the reputation of just waiting to see if the boss is looking. Then I'm going to look. Then I'm going to work. And but a Christian, we ought not do that. Uh, it, it's it's uh, you know what. It goes on to say but as the servants of christ doing the will of god from the heart you and i ought to work at our job don't uh, it doesn't matter how dull it may be how boring it may become to you do it as unto the lord It, it you know it may seem that way it's not it's not dull it's not boring if you do it as unto jesus christ and uh, so don't lag don't be a laggard colossians 3:23 here the bible says what server you do do it heartily as unto the lord and not unto men so now you know what that will put dignity in any job it really will if we look at it that way uh whatever it is you you know if we're running a machine if we're uh, digging ditches if we're greasing automobiles typing letters carrying mail plowing fields whatever it is if we uh Uh, say Jesus I'm doing this for you and uh, and I you know I'll do it with all my might that that'll put a spring in your step one that'll change your whole attitude and you'll say I'm serving God this morning I'm serving God this morning just as much as Pastor Randy Miller is when he stood behind the pulpit and really there is no difference I'm serving God here today so are you when you're in your place of work doing it as unto the Lord. And it doesn't matter what kind of boss you have, uh, you are really doing this. You're serving, as was Daniel, you're serving God. Um, and so if you have that attitude, boy, what a, what, uh, how it would change, things. do everything. As Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 10, do it all with all your might. If it's worth doing. And whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. The fourth one, so don't brag, don't nag, don't lag. Number four, don't sag. And here's what we mean by that. Don't, don't let down. Don't, don't lapse back into the ways of the world. And boy, that seems, that's so sad. I, I've seen guys that uh, were good men, and uh, they got in that crowd there at work, and they just kind of lapsed back into their old ways to try to fit in. It's sad. I'm talking about grown men. I'm not talking about teenagers. And so, don't begin to, don't don't become a complainer, don't don't uh, get become unhappy. Uh, really, Christian, we ought to we ought to be the happiest people on the face of the earth, and we ought to have real joy, not just happiness. But how can you have that happiness and that joy? And the only way to do that is to stay full of Jesus Christ. The only way to do that is to have that daily quiet time with God, to be in the Bible. And before you go ever go to work, get loaded up on the grace of God. And then as you're around all of the rest of the world, you'll be prepared. I was talking to a nurse this past week and, and uh, uh, asked her about her, her faith. And it was just exciting to hear her talk about how she is saved. In fact, uh, she must have talked for a good 10 minutes. Uh, but she said she started listening to a radio program. And of all people, it was Adrian Rogers. I said, oh, he's one of my favorite preachers. And she said she lit, found it by, she said it was by accident. She found it on the radio. And so every morning now when she goes to work, she'll listen to uh, some of Adrian Rogers. And she said, it's, a pri- it's amazing how it's helped me to uh, face some of the things I have to deal with. And it's true. Even that little bit, just listening to the word of God being preached, uh, reading the word of God, uh, put it putting it to memory it'll be a great help to you as you uh, go to work it'll help you have that joy that that happiness it'll help you be the light of God uh in this world so let let me tell you about something about the people that you work with um most of them I'm not I know (coughs) you may work with several Christians and that's great but most jobs uh are a lot of jobs I'll put it that way uh, you know, most of these guys are, are ladies. They're not at all interested in going to heaven or uh, hell. They're not really interested in that. And they want to know, how do I hack it on Monday through Friday? Uh, how do I deal with life now? I, I'll just, I'm just saying, a lot of lost people, that's not their main concern. They're not even thinking about heaven and hell. They're thinking about right here and right now and the misery they're in. And so when they see you come into work and you don't have a hangover and they see you come into work and you've got a smile on your face and you've got a kind word to say and and the joy of the lord jesus christ is all over you and they're going to say after a while hey what in the world is the secret here what are you doing for life is there some kind of drug you're taking they don't know but they're going to notice the difference Remember 1 Peter 3, 15. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you through a reason of the hope that is in you. Oh, boy, you can't hide it when you're walking in the spirit of God. It is seen, it, it's, it's like oil and water. It's, it's like it's so obvious to the world. Boy, what is, there's a difference here. You mean you, you, you don't go to the parties and get drunk? You mean you don't do this or that? I, there's something different about you. And uh, yeah, I know, I, as I mentioned before, I'm not I'm not trying to push this lifestyle evangelism as far as that's the only part we do, just live the life and everybody will get saved around you. But I'll tell you what, if we don't have the life to back up the words, our words mean nothing. And so this is how we reach the lost around us work at school everywhere but you're you're not going to have to grab that person by the collar and say hey you're lost and going to hell you need to get saved that may make you feel better but it's not going to help them um, and but if you have the joy of the lord in your life and you're you're uh, uh, real i mean it's seen the way you work and the way you respond to things that bad things that happen to you you know, really i've mentioned this before but it's during those the fiery trials it's during the uh troubles of life that's when people see more than any other time that what you have is real and so let's be just allow ourselves to be used of God so Daniel touched a whole nation for God just by being God's man where God placed him I'm just saying yes you may consider yourself an ordinary person but really in in reality because you're a born-again Christian you're extraordinary God has placed you in an ordinary place to, to uh, show the world, to put you on a showcase that this is what a Christian is, to convict the hearts of the lost. Let me give you my last point. Your work is service. You say, well, Brother Randy, I can see that, that the job that I do is a platform for me to be a witness to, for the Lord Jesus Christ. But, uh, but maybe you're here and you're saying, but I'm not around anybody when I work. know chuck you're out there in the tractor or the combine just not anybody out there that you can be a a witness to there's a lot of ears but no one's listening and uh there's you know you may be on a job that you're you're a homemaker there's nobody around really you're you know kids are out of the home and you're alone and uh, you say how in the world can I uh, be a witness in that kind of setting and but can you yes absolutely proverbs 21 or, or excuse me proverbs 1 again in all labor or uh, i think i got the wrong reference 14 i think it is 23 in all labor there is profit does it um, have eternal significance daniel's job uh, was a secular job on an ordinary setting and he was a government bureaucrat as i've mentioned several times daniel 8 27 I'm sure Daniel thought at times, boy, this job, what, or at least I would think, I, he may have never thought this, I would think he, he might think this, you know, he had to handle things like taxation. Boy, what in the world, how am I ever going to use this for God's glory? Uh, administration, public relations, whatever his job, law enforcement, whatever his job entailed, there was a lot of things, I'm sure, such as that, projects and meetings and diplomacy. What does this have to do with serving God? Well, uh, yet, what did Daniel do? He served God continually. That was his testimony. That was his reputation. He served God. Now, let me ask you a question. Who was, uh, who was the first farmer in the Bible? Uh, you know, I know you should think about it. Uh, and yeah, many people say, well, yeah, it's Adam. Adam, no, that's not right. Not Adam. It's God. God was the first farmer. Let, let me Let me uh, uh, tell you that you can find it there in Genesis 2, verse 8. The Lord God planted a garden eastward of Eden. God planted the garden, not Adam. He gave Adam the job to take care of the garden. By the way, he gave Adam the job to take care of the garden before sin. So let's not get get to the place where we say, oh, yeah, sin's a curse. It's part of the curse. No, no. God had Adam working way before he ever fell into sin. So the first farmer was gone now that tells me boy that farming that's an honorable position that's an honorable occupation uh god being the first farmer god planted the first garden genesis 2:15. the lord god planted a garden eastward of eden and there he put the man from uh whom he had formed now so let's not get the idea that work is a punishment i know i i may have said that somewhere along the line too you know you get the grumbling and complaining and, but listen, God gave Adam that work before. But why a garden? Well, people have to eat. Uh, anybody that says farmers are not important, they're out of their mind. Uh, they must live in the, you, you know, they must think uh, food just comes from the sky or whatever. Or like it does on, what, Star Trek? You know, you put it in there and just speak and it forms before them. You remember that, right? And uh, no, they they uh, they don't have a clue. Some, I'm telling you. Uh, I've talked to some people that are raised in the city that really don't have a clue at all about where their food comes from, and then we have such uh, knuckleheaded people who are more concerned about the life of a cow than they are about the life of a human. But nonetheless, they're they're out there protesting. Uh, it's kind of funny. Some of these people they are protesting animal rights and all this, and they're yet they go and eat a hamburger. Uh, you know, oh well, that doesn't. That's not the same. But anyway, that's enough of that. But. Uh, but why a garden because people needed to eat the home of Jesus Christ was the cottage of a working man and Jesus whether he was mending plows or mending souls he was doing the work of God and because people have they have to have houses to live in they have to have furniture to sit on they have to have food to eat clothes to wear and the ability to communicate so and when we are doing the things that uh, God has called us to do we are participating with God and cooperating with god as much as adam was when he took care of the garden um a garden that god had planted now again i say this this is my father's world this is your father's world don't get the idea that this material world is wrong i know i'm not a tree hugger i'm not a these guys these environmental extremists these guys are what just nuts right but um and that's putting it kindly but but the truth of the matter is this is our father's world he created all that we have before us and there's nothing evil about the material world not at all and we need to remember that uh, all, all of those things god created then he's also created work for us to take care of those things to take care of the life of people and uh, all of our needs and so it all goes hand in hand So listen, listen listen again ephesians 6 7 and 8 with good will with good will doing service as to the lord and not to men not to men he was talking to people in secular jobs and he was saying that when when you're doing that secular job in really in reality it's service to the lord and so knowing that whatsoever a good thing any man doeth the same shall he receive of the lord whether he be bond or free you know what that's saying even if person's slave you, you know you ought to read some of the autobiographies of some of the slaves back before the civil war and i'm, I'm not promoting slavery by any by any means but i'm saying the attitude of some of these slaves I, you, you don't to be honest with you uh america has been guilty of ruining uh, our, our our black friends because back then they were they were highly religious. They, they would speak of the Lord, sing of the Lord. You see some of those uh, 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 spiritual those songs, man, they'll bless your heart. And uh, they, were, they were also very strong on family. And uh, that has changed across the board, but I think even more so in, in among our black friends in America. And uh, welfare hasn't helped that matter at all. That's another message. But my point is, just as it says here, even as a slave, you don't have a choice. You have to serve that master. But somebody's making you do it. Still, do it with a smile on your face. That's what the Bible's saying there. Do it with the joy of the Lord. You're doing it as unto Jesus Christ. He's telling slaves to have that kind of attitude. And now, as a person that's getting paid, um, I don't know, it seems to become one of those uh just a natural thing for people to complain i i remember uh well i have a couple brothers who worked at caterpillar for retired from there man they had they had great insurance they had great pay uh even after they retired money's still coming in and boy but they would complain 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 at the evils of their uh job although it gave them all those years it gave them all all those benefits Yet, they still uh, had room. Well, I, I won't say much more about that. But listen, as a Christian, that ought not be our testimony. We ought to have that smile on our face, that joy of the Lord. And boy, I'll, I'll tell you, that puts dignity in your job. I don't care what it is. When you go to work tomorrow, have a song on, in your heart and a smile on your face. That'll put a spring in your step, and that'll change the attitude that you have towards work and if you're putting those doing those mundane jobs you're on an assembly line and you're you're putting a uh bolts in a part of a a a motor whatever it may be boy you put that in say hey here's another one for jesus hallelujah praise god no one ever sees it no one knows uh until quality control comes down on you for not doing something right but um but do it as unto the lord and do it uh, with a with a joy of the lord no you know you you see every day is a holy day every place is a sacred place again in colossians three twenty three, whatsoever you do do it heartily as unto the lord and not unto men knowing that of the lord ye shall receive the reward of the inheritance for ye serve the lord jesus christ look again our goal is not to um, it's not about us it's about the lord God placed you where you are. He wants to use you where you are. And, and don't get so heavily minded that you're no earthly good. God has you right here to do a job. You know, there were some people who when they were taken out of Israel and taken to Babylon along with Daniel, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, that they, when they got to Babylon, they just sat down. They weren't going to have any part of this. They said, this is a decadent society. It's an ungodly world. And I'm not going to work in it. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going, not going to participate in this wicked world. I'm sure there are individuals like that. Listen to what Jeremiah tells them. Jeremiah 29, Jeremiah 29, verse 4. And following down through there. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, unto all that are carried away captives, whom I have caused to be carried. Did you hear that? God says, whom I have caused. To be carried away from Jerusalem unto Babylon. So God says, I put you there. I took you from your home in Israel and Jerusalem. I took you from there and put you in Babylon. And he goes on. He says, Build ye houses and dwell in them. He's talking about those living now in Babylon. Build houses, dwell in them, and plant gardens, eat the fruit of them. Take ye wives and beget sons and daughters and take wives for your sons. And give your daughters to husbands that they may bear sons and daughters that ye may be increased there that is there in babylon and not diminished so that is god wants his people to prosper even in babylon and god wants his people to be good business people now listen to verse 7 and seek the peace this is jeremiah speaking to the captives of israel of jerusalem seek the peace of the city whether I have caused you to be carried away captives? Now, listen, we, we, uh, he goes on and says, now, today, we look, as it says in Hebrews 11:10. we look for a city that has no foundations, uh, that, or excuse me, that has foundations, but has no builder and maker. And, but while we're here, we seek, we look for that city, but while we're right here right now, we should be seeking for the good of Tower Hill of Pena, Shelbyville, being in the area we are, not just one city because we, uh, our community. And yes, uh, we can't get to the place where all we think about is heaven and we are of no use here. And so we are, and I believe that's what he's speaking of there, in Jeremiah, to these people as they went into Babylon. Every day is a sacred day. Our God has put us here and let's make the best of it let's uh uh, be that testimony we can every day is a holy day we christians we are priests of god and a a minister of god we are i'm not just talking about preachers all of us as christians we are servants full-time christian servants um and boy i'll tell you what if that doesn't ring your bell uh, your uh you know something's wrong uh your clapper's broken as they would say that that should excite you that, that should make a difference uh, uh, as you go to work and do the things that you do. Um, so in all labor, there is profit. Well, let's bow our heads together in prayer.